Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Music. Music. Horror. Horror. Subculture. And overall, overall bad welcome, welcome, welcome to Kettle, to Kettle Whistle, Whistle Radio. Radio. With your hosts, your hosts Dave, Dave, Dave and Sean. summer the beginning of fall our favorite time of year halloween is on the horizon and with me right now as i always state the only movie critic that matters we've got fury with us also known as aka outtakes with rex real um fantastic show provided by well you started on youtube or did you start elsewhere you start before youtube right? no i actually started on the tv right. uh, station yeah local and tv and yeah then... yeah 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 it was actually outtakes with fiore actually started off as a as my uh, column in the newspaper right and we named That's... that the column uh, outtakes with fiore and i carried it over to radio and I started with it on TV, but then, you know, TV, you can do so many interesting things. So we brought uh, this character in, Rex Reel, who is the nation's first and only prehistoric film critic. And uh, uh, we have him come on the show and give his animalistic viewpoints of, uh, <laughs> of he, movies. You do tear right into the flesh right away, don't you? He does. Yeah, well, I mean, he does. Yes, of course, yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, your background was uh, long ago in music and radio, which I have learned more recently. Uh, you started with that, and kind of the movie thing opened up for you, uh, is what I understand. Yeah, in newspapers, I was doing uh, a music review. I was the music review critic, and uh, editor came up to me one day and said, "How about shift into movies?" And I made the shift and haven't looked back since very interesting you were always into movies oh yeah you think more than music or is it like like me it's kind of like what's on at the time and i'll really get into it and i'll switch back and forth but well as of now i'm glad i made the switch because i'm not real high on today's music no you don't have to be that's why you know i discussed this uh last episode well, our last ta- recording, I should say, because you'll hear it. The next episode was uh, is going to be with Dandy Brown. The, uh, listeners here are familiar with him and his music. Great guy. Um, 
And uh, we uh, come from a, a different generation. We, I was t- telling Dandy, you know, I do this show simply because I was sick of local radio mm. and the 12 songs that matter to them and no one else. Right. Um, yeah. I, we wanted something more random. And this is random. The, the movies you review are random. I they like are. that. Yeah. And I love that. You don't know what you're going to get. It's not like, you know, oh, the next Tom Cruise movie. Here we go. Um, you know, where everybody else is covering it. Um, no, you go deeper, and you're into horror movies, and that's what we do here. And we're yep. into music here. Yep. So, and music, you know, like I said, it's it's out there. What you like is out there. Joe Bonamassa, which we'll be playing later today, they're out there. They're just not on the what do you want to call it, a terrestrial radio, right? Which sucks. They just don't know what they're doing. How are they making any money anymore? Well, even through advertising. I don't know. It's hard to say. I know I did see uh, Britney Spears' new dance come out, the one she did with Knives. Did you see that? No, you've got me on it's that. It's amazing. It's. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, that woman should never have been let out of. <laughs> let out of. <laughs> no, should, that whole free Britney thing was definitely wrong. <laughs> Woman's a loon. <laughs> I, maybe Daddy was right? Is that yeah, what you're no, saying? Daddy was always, yeah, Daddy was very right. <laughs> this was definitely a mistake. Hang on. Uh, that's okay. No, I just got to. <laughs> A text. Somebody is one of our listeners is uh, saying uh, to uh, have uh, have a good show today. Ah, so, yeah. She's, well, that's very. Yeah, nice. she's also very much a fan of you and uh, watches you on <laughs> your show. But yeah, Brittany, they shouldn't have let her out of prison. I guess no, um, that, no. If you look at that oh, dance no. with the knives, it's oh, it's no. rather uh, harrowing. Yes. <laughs> so with, so when you say she's actually dancing with knives, not a person named knives. This is an no, actual, no, two uh, large. You know, Jason Knives. (laughs) I like to start with a a ridiculous story. You win today. Yeah, well, (laughs) you win. Oh man! But you know what? The perks of having the the uh, greatest movie critic in the world—you've just moved up another notch. Uh, Living (laughs) like across the street from me, uh, nearby, Uh, I get to every now and then invited to go see a screener, Mm. and uh, we saw a really good one that was made for the big screen. You took me last week. In fact, it opens up uh, this Friday. Mm. And, uh, you know, some interesting things about that. We got a lot to say about this. Uh, okay. It's, uh, some real interesting things about it. Um, it was directed by, we're talking about uh, the creator. The creator. And it was uh, directed and written by Gareth Edwards. Uh, he has done some really good work. My listeners will know him from Godzilla 2016 and Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... Uh, he uh, he can he can tell a story. He can uh, weave a, a celluloid uh, tale uh, very very well, and he does so in this one too. the The story moves and it's it's put together well. They have the A team behind the camera on this thing, and um, you know the, the estimate was that the movie cost somewhere around eighty seven million dollars to make. Eighty seven million. Yeah, okay. and as I said, it opens up this Friday. And the Hollywood pundits are expecting it to pull in between twelve and seventeen million. Whoa, that's a huge disparity in the cost of the movie and uh, what they're expecting for opening weekend. Now, obviously, if it pulls in between twelve and seventeen million, they're going to declare the movie a bona fide hit. Okay. However. Uh, when you look at a, a, a number that low, you're probably hoping that word of mouth boosts up the film and it actually stays steady or perhaps even augments in following 
weekends. Mm. Uh, and I think that's where this movie might have a problem. Okay, so the, the, that's the algorithm of the theater experience, I guess. Yeah. That's what we're looking at there. Yeah. I did wonder, how, you know, where they, when and how they decide to keep the thing in the theater when it's still making money, you know, three months from then. There, there's still, you know, 15 people in a theater watching it. Like, how it gets to that point. Is there... Do they set a, um, not a guideline, but they, they, they have a bar. When it gets to a certain point, it's only making $6 million this week. Time to push some Blu-rays and streaming. Well, th- yeah, there, there, are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of different um, options out there. And a lot of it depends on the deal uh, that was made between the studio and the, the, the distribution uh, system. So some movies, uh, the theater gets it for three months. And it doesn't matter how well it does. You've got it for three months, you know. Um, some movies go by a dollar amount. Uh, it all depends. Now, see, like a lot of those movies that you're moving around there. Yeah. Uh, these are the independent movies here. And, and these movies here will, uh, I mean, they're at everybody's uh, uh, beck and call. You okay. Know, as long as they make movie or make money, they'll they'll be in good shape, and that's why a lot of them don't even bother hitting the theaters. Yeah. Because they know most of their money is going to be on the VOD, the video on demand, the streaming services, and of course the home video. So as a result, uh, they they bank everything on that and go. Some big movies that come out, uh, I'll give you a good example. Uh, Meg Two, which I know you loved. I have that on my list of things to uh, discuss. <laughs> Meg 2, which uh, probably Jason Statham took for a very easy payday, uh, uh, is already breaking out this weekend on the, the streaming service, yeah. on the uh, video on demand stuff. Oh, I know people that bought it on Voodoo like a month ago. Yeah. Too, so, and... I mean, it was, it, it hit the uh, theaters and, uh, Oof. yeah. Oof. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Meg too. Uh, I have discussed that briefly with uh, Seanathan when he was here. Uh, Sean, uh, not here today, obviously, folks. Uh, and not here on the next episode, which will be rather funny for some of you. But he's here in spirit. He's definitely here he's in spirit. He's definitely here in spirit. But he, we agreed on Meg too. Oof. Man. Just And I get back into, uh, you know, they've heard my caveman theory, which you're, you're probably somewhat familiar with. Um, where it's always turns into the bad guys. The bad humans are the focal point, not the monsters. Right. Which just means your Disney dinosaurs are not scary enough, and you have to have the Jurassic Park baddies uh, kicking in full gear and uh, you know getting wiped out by the 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 leader of the heroes. In this case, Jason Statham, who God bless him for the shape he's in, but harpoon grenades for sharks is just silly. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. And I love sharks. I love shark movies. And I will give the shittiest ones some time, Black Demon, some time of my own and and watch them. Meg 2, I expect... I, usually the crunch is more the second time around. The body count is more... There was nothing scary about anything happening. It was yeah. just an action film. It's interesting you bring that up because we, we had talked hmm. off 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 uh, microphone. Off the and air. You, you had the, mentioned, best, the best conversations happen This is true. Yes. And you had mentioned this black demon. So Oof. Uh, Oof. Against, against your better judgment... You watched it. I did. I, oh, I watched no. it this past weekend. Oh, no. And everything you said about it was correct it was probably one of the worst movies i've ever seen in my life right? and uh, the whole thing with the shark and everything i said my god this was 
Yeah. Totally anti-American. <laughs> Everything about it. <laughs> Anti-white yeah. people. It was just, it was just horrid. And that's the same mm-hmm. Mian, I think, that's going to run into problems with, uh, with the creator here. Oh, um, really? Well, you know, I do because there are so many people, uh, Dave, who look at, um, they look at movies and they only scratch the surface of the movie. They don't really look at what's being, uh, and a lot of times that's because all they have to do is go online and say, I like this, it had this Easter egg, yada, yada. And they're very superficial people with their opinions. They're not trained in film, they're not schooled in film, so they don't know what to look for. They've never made a film, uh, which, by the way, I have my <laughs> second starring role, I have to tell you yeah, about. Nice. And uh, And uh, as a result, uh, a lot of times they'll walk out of the theater having been delivered messages by the director and producer and writer and have no clue that these messages have been bombarded in their head. And that's what happens here in, in The Creator. Uh, we don't want to give too much of this away, but... No. It's a movie about AI versus humans. Mm. And if you take the basic premise of Terminator, where the humans were trying to fight to keep the planet because AI had basically said, we don't need you anymore, and you flip that 180 degrees, you now have the thesis or the main plot of the creator. So what Gareth Edwards did was just take the Terminator stand it up on its head, and then make a movie in that fashion. Mm. But it wasn't enough just to do that. He had to make the humans separated. Mm. So not only are the humans bad guys against the AI, but it's a certain human. It's it's yeah. America, and it's white people, and all the people who live elsewhere in the world and what they call politically correct as people of color, they're all on the side with the AI. So mm. this becomes a very—it has a lot of uh, social uh, commentary in it that I think will not make it last long in the theaters. I, I could see your point, and because uh, I saw it earlier on, too. The, the bad guys are actually called the Americans. We are the bad guys. Um, and the good guys— Kind of. Uh, the AIs are stationed in, is it uh, uh, Southern, Southeast Asia? Where the Republic they, of Re- New East Asia. The Republic of New East Asia. And they've joined, the, the, the humans there have joined with them. And there's actually, when we walked out of the theater, I brought up something. I was like, there was a, a very familiar scene, and I'm sure this was done on purpose. Um, anyone that's seen Platoon, or if you read enough about Vietnam, when the, I guess they were Marines, I'm not sure what, but the dropship drops down, you know, our, our hero and his, his platoon, and they're at a, um, um, well, a human camp who are, you, you knew it was coming, you could see it coming, are hiding the doorway to the AI camp underground. And our lead character finds the lever, pulls it, and they go down and start, you know, wrecking, raking raking uh breaking havoc on uh these ais down below and the humans say they have one human woman actually says they have bigger hearts than you do yes to the americans um and the asian woman and people the the kids were crying because we the americans were going in to destroy the ais who did of course blow up la they did we <laughs> they nuked it <laughs> we are and uh from uh, from the onset there you also there's a political meeting this is not a spoiler it's the opening scene with a uh, a round table discussion with our military strategists and i guess secretary of defense for whoever he was supposed to be at the time 
and discussing how the AIs destroyed LA and they show the scene and uh, there lots comes to fruition later on as well. The story grows a little bit. But if you're a fan of Rogue One, kids, I'm going to tell you this. There's a lot of great action scenes, very reminiscent there of Rogue is. One, even pointed out by Star Wars fans that were at the screener. True. You can't, Yeah, very cool special effects. My God, top-notch, the best special effects. But what you said, um, you think this could uh, lead to a certain bias in movie watchers, or do you think people just go watch a good sci-fi flick? Well, I don't know. I, I, I got to be honest with you. I think... Yeah, in some of his earlier movies, Gareth Edwards presented the same type of social commentary, but he did it rather subtly, especially if you remember his first big hit, Monsters, yes. which was uh, uh, a rather scathing commentary on the immigration system. Uh, this one, he is not subtle in at all. No. I mean, he clubs you over the head with it. And as a result, I think a lot of people will not be as tolerant. Uh, the hero in this movie is played by John David Washington. This is the second big movie he's in that he has uh, a possibility of it uh, sabotaging him. He was in that tenant. Uh, oh, and okay. uh, I think they expected that movie to do a lot better than what it did. It was certainly spectacular and uh, also had a lot of special effects and what have you. But... Uh, but the box office returns on that were not anywhere near where they expected. And now this second one with Creator, I think he's... Um, Gemma Chan is in this. Ken Wanatabi is also in this. He was uh, in the uh, Godzilla with uh, uh, Gareth Edwards also. That's why, yeah, I recognized yeah. him. Okay. And they pulled out Madeline Voilis, who uh, plays Alfie, and this is a little kid. You know, this is this gets into the Spielberg thing. You know, I I hate this stuff. I really do. Oh, what I got talked you. about where the the little kids always have to have a superpower. Yeah, yeah, well, not only that, just put a little kid in a damn movie. You know, half the time they ought to just kill these kids. <laughs> you know, their their characters are so lame. And, I've had and, this discussion. Yeah, and this this poor little girl, she tries her best, but she's not much of an actress. I got to tell you. And uh, people, how can you say that? I mean, she's just a little girl. Look how well she cried. Uh, you know, don't hand me that bullshit. Her her scenes from where she goes from uh, uh, being basically the destruction of the earth. She is the the one weapon that can you know kill all of humankind. And, and then she goes to this place where you know uh, a Washington is her father, and she's fawning over him and falling in love with. Him. I mean, it's just so unbelievable. It's just it doesn't even fit. It, yeah. it does have the Spielberg y uh, dynamic of family. Um, and when you bring family into a big movie like that, the danger is gone uh, in some cases. Uh, we know in Jurassic Park, the, sh the dinosaurs are not going to eat the kids. You know that from the first minute of the film. It just it, it takes all the scares out of it, all the possibilities out of it. There's no randomness, it falls into a formula. Which made that third one ridiculous. The third Jurassic Park? Or yeah, yeah, where the little kid supposedly lives on the island for how many months yeah. by himself, you know, because he can stand under a T Rex and collect its piss, right? You know, but then when the helicopter lands with these uh, dozens of mercenaries who are killers worldwide, they get wiped out in four minutes. Uh, you know what the hell is going on here? No, nah, nah, it doesn't work. It's <laughs> it not like work. you know, like Newt in Aliens. It made sense. She could hide in the in the the. Through the um, throughout the, she knew the facilities better than the aliens, and the aliens were looking for a hive to stay. She could stay in like all the little cubby holes, and you know, the, Newt survived barely, and that was believable in Aliens, if you ask me. Well, it was, and the rest of the kids 
we're not so lucky if you see the director's cut. Yeah, and, and she didn't go into the kitchen, pick up a couple of knives, and go out and start killing aliens. Right, you know, she so, you know. Yes, yes. And I'll give you another piece of trivia about the creator. Do you know that wasn't the original name of the movie? I would believe it because it's not the greatest title. The original name of the movie was, and you'll love this even more, uh-huh. True Love. Mm. Okay, that's a worse <laughs> title. <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay. We can't say too much there without spoiling the end and everything else. Uh, there's some surprises, so I don't want to ruin it for folks. Uh, ooh, I think that's a little rough to wrap my head around there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can yeah. see why they changed it. I've got to pull you back here just before we take our first break. You watched Black Demon. <laughs> I you know, warned you. Black, you did. Just, just you to did. let you know, folks, Black Demon is a... Okay, there are echelons, okay? You expect more from something that was actually on the big screen. If something goes to the big screen, they expect people to pay 25 plus to go see it if you're bringing other people with you. Right. You expect more from a movie. And then rental, $5.99, $6.99, whatever, brand new, buy it for $26, you know? You expect something from it. This movie has nothing good. No. Um, the story is stupid. What, oil refinery in Mexico? Was it? Were we talking yes. about? Yeah. Out in the water. And the oil itself was pissing off the shark gods. And so Black Demon emerges and doesn't exactly just eat people. He blows up boats. Like, he, he rams them and they explode. Well, you know, it's his movie, and I think he's in it for six minutes. Yeah, you don't even get a good look at him. No. He's not no, scary. It's, just, it's horrible. No, Oh, God, it's just like, yeah, they didn't even try the acting. And it's preachy? Oh, my God, is it preachy? Our lead guy cannot act. Our lead guy had a testosterone level problem yeah he was like yeah <laughs> like but you you know what they did they conditioned he they, they pulled a spielbergian bullshit caveman theory um where you you you're made to not like the guy uh that's not the caveman theory. caveman theory is when the, the they try to make the humans scarier than the monsters this is just strictly you know spielberg is going to kill somebody in his films because they do something bad you know, they, they took a bite out of the kid's chocolate bar. That kid is, that guy is marked. The tornado is going to throw him through a window. This, in this one, you're just made to slowly not like the lead character because he's like bipolar, like to the degree. And I'm not making fun of bipolar. He's screen bipolar. Yeah. Like from scene to scene. Like he's up, he's down. He's and from that moment, I'm like, oh, this unsteadiness tells me he's not going to last. And that's not a spoiler, folks, because there's no reason to watch this movie. No, none at all. No, none at all. So I'm not going to waste any more breath on it, except that you saw it. I told, I warned you, I warned you. And you know what? I'll give you. Well, you know, a I chance, was following but... Ronald Reagan. I wanted to trust but verify. So. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I was around for that. I got I got into about twenty minutes of this movie, and I said, "Oh my God, David was right. I've got to shut this off." And the people I was with said, "No, don't shut it off. I oh, want to see what no. happens to the shark." And I went, "Oh my God, no." Yeah. Now, so we, now so, I have to question who you're with. Uh, no, don't. <laughs> so <it> was, <laughs> Why is there a chance that I, I, I might know who they are? Uh, you might. <laughs> so we made it to the end, but uh, it was it was it was horrendous. I started uh, doing my best mystery science theater three thousand and throwing out comments and everything and. It's generally like, pissing everybody off but it's all it, you can do yeah it's all you can do but i'm not making fun of to tell you the truth i've liked a lot of lower budget films a lot better than that one well, hell when, yeah. when you reach a budget that they had and they had something to get it onto the screen um you expect a little bit more now yes. when I, we watch movies like the ones you've turned me on to you got a few sitting in front of me here yes um we're gonna get into creepy crawly when we come back from the break yep because right now we, we i gotta play a tune and um 
it's a classic tune. All right, uh, Joe Bonamassa, who you are a big fan of. Big fan. Uh, Sunshine of Your Love, which is, of course, the remake on the Heavenly Cream, a tribute to Cream album. Uh, Joe Bonamassa redoes Sunshine of Your Love, and we're going to play it now. Ginger Baker is on that tribute. Do you remember him? He's the drummer. Exactly. But did you ever see that documentary on him? Fantastic. Yeah. That's a fantastic documentary. I I, I was glad. You know, after he left Cream, he went he went real heavy into what jazz. Yes. And made a made a real good name for himself in jazz. And that's what he does. He hides out and he's in the jungles of Africa, I think, in his little cottage. And (laughs) that documentary was eye opening. (laughs) All right. Well, enjoy the song. We'll get right back with Rex Real, aka Fury, aka what's your other? You have another. We, we, we went through all your names. Oh, we, we can't talk about that one. All oh, right, that one, yeah. yeah <laughs> we're, you know, we're using porn names. <laughs> Speaking of porn names, we got to talk about that comic book sitting over here, too. Jeez, it's called Kakju as opposed to Kaiju. Yes. I don't normally talk about things like this, but it is a, it's a comic book by image. And there you go. There's your teaser. We'll be right back.
right, folks. Hope you enjoyed that one. And uh, you can actually see Joe Bonamassa quite a bit if you go to Europe. He's touring all the time there. And you are a big fan. I, I think you've seen him once or twice. I've seen him nine times. Nice. Yeah, and the last time I went to see him here in Pittsburgh, uh, I got this. See this? That is an official Joe Bonamassa pick. Yes, it is. And I, at the end of his shows, he you know, reaches into his suit jacket, and any of the picks he hasn't used, he tosses them out into the audience, and... Uh, I snagged one, so nice. It's an official. That is so cool. I yeah, I have a Dave Mustaine and a Dimebag Daryl one sitting around here somewhere. I usually break them out for good luck. Uh, not that Dave Mustaine will grant you good luck. He'll <laughs> probably punch you first and then say good luck. <laughs> but that's Dave. Now I was uh, teasing this comic book by Image, and I'm very surprised that they're doing their own spoof on the giant kaiju monsters. Great artwork. This is uh yeah. So so I got to set this up. Go for, for it. You set it up for me, please. It's about five minutes before we come in here and sit in front of the microphones. And David says to me, I have this comic. You've got to read this before we go in. So he puts this thing in front of me while he's setting up all the microphones and setting the levels. And uh, let me just say, this is not the type of show prep that you really want to give your guests before you go on air. This thing is just, I mean, it is raunch. It is a, a show rama. prep. It's a show prep. It's a show prop and prep that I approve of every time. Uh, three issue limited series. Kokju, K-O-K-J-U is the spelling. And brought to us by Jerry Duggan and Scott Koblish at Image Comics. And it is a spoof on the Kaiju Monster. And this thing apparently not just kills, but uh Whoa, hey, look what I just found. <laughs> Oh, I just opened up issue two, and there's uh, some people doing the nasty. Well, I'm glad you didn't show me that one. Holy smokes, this thing doesn't come back. Uh, it doesn't It doesn't come down, I should say. We'd have had to postpone the show again. Uh, seriously, but Kachu, yeah, he also takes a big shit on San Francisco, and it's literally toxic waste yeah. shit, killing a good mass amount of people, and it also will blind people for life, not just kill them. <laughs> <laughs> Kakshu, yeah. I mean, guys and girls, if you're into the giant uh, kaiju monsters and if you want to see everything that you never saw kaiju do, this three-issue series is new and it does it. And boy, it's kind of silly. There's not a whole lot of reading, but there's a lot of eye candy here. And um, yeah, that's about all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> yeah, read the comic because I don't think the movie's coming. No, the movie's definitely <laughs> not coming. But yeah, Kakshu might be coming, as they say in, in the comic book, and I don't want to get to that page because it does exist. <laughs> oh boy! So you turn me on to this other movie, Creepy Crawly from Thailand. Yeah. And well, oh, strangely that's a, enough, that's a real Blu-ray, kids. Yeah, yeah physical. We've, we've got a good uh, segue here because the creator was made in Thailand. Oh, cool. So uh, I think a reason for this is, uh, you know, Hollywood and the studios are always looking for cheaper places to make movies. For a while there, it was Canada, specifically uh, Vancouver. Uh, Georgia was down there. Tennessee was down there. North Carolina. Any place but Hollywood, uh, they were getting an awful lot of uh, tax uh, rebates and credits. Uh, for a while there, it was working in Pittsburgh. And yeah, then I remember. Don Keyser screwed that pooch. Oh, really? Uh, See, yeah. I don't know the politics behind yeah. it. I just know that I was asked to be in a, a lot more films back then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So anyway, uh, Thailand, the Southeast Asia market, that would include Thailand and especially South Korea. Mm. 
yes. uh, are really coming out with some decent stories. I've as, noticed that. South as Korea, filmmakers yes. go, they're not quite there yet. They have several big problems. One of the big problems is they never know how to end their movie, mm. and it always goes too long. Interesting. So a movie that should be 90 minutes, perfect length for a movie, often ends up two hours or more because mm. their editors don't know how to end a movie. Uh, the second problem they have is one of uh, uh, language. Apparently, the uh, Asian languages are a lot more concise in some sentences. So there's a lot of times where <clears throat> the uh, subtitles flash on so fast yes. that if you can't hit the pause button, if you're watching them you know, live on you the miss, screen... You miss the plot. Yeah, you have no idea what the hell's going on. You are correct. I'm glad you said that because I have come to notice that with South Korean yes. films. I've been watching a lot of Korean films. And boy, yes. some of the slashers, holy shit. But, but their stories are good. They have really good... Not all of them, you know, but... Uh, Overall, they're coming up with some really good stories. The uh, one next to you there, that uh, project uh, Wolf Hunting, yeah, Wolf Hunting yeah, is probably yeah. one of the more brutal uh, movies I've seen for for people that just uh, go in for that stuff. Is I this mean, South it is Korean as well. It is nonstop, and uh, I believe so. And uh, uh, as an example, I my review of the week, I always put up a review of the week on the uh, social sites. Mm -hmm. And my review of the week was a movie called Beaten to Death. Ooh. And it comes from Australia. So if the title is Beaten to Death, I, I think you know how this ends. A pulp of flesh. I'll tell you what. Uh, the Australians have put out some uh, really blood and gore torture movies. They... I think some of them saw a couple of Eli Roth movies and decided, we're going to do this. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Wolf Creek. Uh, <laughs> Have you ever seen Wolf Creek? Yes. 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 One and two. Yeah, brutal. But, brutal. But, but this movie here, this Project Wolf Hunting, yeah, I mean. Yeah, this is uh, Blu-ray right it, here. Yeah. Uh, he gave me this to watch. I haven't watched yep. Still in the Cellophane. Project Wolf Hunting, a super soldier extravaganza is what, yeah. it uh, what makes, Fiori's it, talking it, about. It makes beaten to death look like child's play. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I look forward. I was going to bring that up. I'm glad you did. It's brutal. Um, I'm looking at it. the cover. Looks intense. Uh, creepy crawler. Uh, unmask the monster. You're getting into arthropedic terror. Uh, they're centipedes, sorta, that evolve and take over the human body. This is we're talking about creepy crawler here, the Thailand beast. Um, totally enjoyed it. I think it, it was kind of um, like you said, it ran a little, a bit, maybe ten minutes too long. Um, and it ran like a sci-fi channel horror movie back in the day. Yeah. Uh, even the gore was at that level. Uh, there was a good bit of gore, good monster transformations, yeah. but, and centipedes are, you know, they, they get people no matter what. They, yeah. they, nobody really likes them per se. And I wonder how many centipedes were actually used for real and not CGI. It seemed like sometimes they really had one, yeah. um, in their hands and such, but this movie's good, and of course, it's your typical video game movie type thing where there's a big boss at the end, yeah. Um, and the big boss is pretty nasty, but disposed of in a weird way. That's not a spoiler because even disposing the big boss doesn't end a movie. Yes. So creepy crawly folks, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up and a half. I'm not. What do you do? You give it two thumbs up. Well, I like this one, and and I like the tank too. Oh, the tank! You so gave you, me that one as well. Yeah, you had uh, yeah. centipedes, and you had uh, salamanders. Yes, or salamanders. Slamamanders in <laughs> the tank. Yeah, people move into a house, and there is literally a tank in the basement yeah. that 
mom or somebody kept a monster. Yeah. And it, it does end bleakly, meaning uh, you may want to look for more ending in that one. It may be, uh, I don't know. I think there was lack of explanation is what I'm talking about. That's what we call yeah. the sequel. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I guess you're right. Yeah, I know you're right. But yeah, Creepy Crawly, that was good. I enjoyed that. Um, that was a lot of fun. I... Since I saw you last, I mean, we got there's uh, another film we're going to talk about, and we're going to get back into the creator, folks. Don't worry, because that screener was really fun and meant to see on the big screen. But he, uh, Fury, uh, introduced me to a movie called No One Will Save You. Yes. Right after I hung out with you that day, boom, it was on. It was on Hulu. Yes, it's on Hulu for free. Um, it was. That was good. Yes. And not what I expected it to be. One line of dialogue. One line of dialogue. Everything else was... <laughs> and I got news for you. Um, for a PG-13, it had scares. Yeah. It was scary. It was suspenseful. Yeah. Who made that movie? Uh, it, it's Again, no one will save you. Check it out. It, I don't want to say what it's about. You'll figure it out from the cover of the movie. Well, it was Fox. That was, was 20th Fox. Century Fox. Okay. But, uh, I mean, do we tell them what it's about? Because that kills it, but it doesn't. Well, if you remember the movie Signs, there you go. Uh, it's kind of sort of like that. You know, Signs was kind of interesting when it came out. Not only did it have big name stars in it, but it was probably one of the few alien invasion movies in which you saw nothing of yeah, the invasion. That's right. You know, and this movie kind of follows in that. It doesn't really have the big stars, mm. but um, it's. Uh, the story of an invasion from a certain perspective and point of view. And uh, so you don't get to see buildings blowing up and you don't get to see, you know. I'm okay with that. Yeah. You don't get to see uh, Quaid <laughs> flying up into the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but it, yeah, I, I enjoyed that movie a lot. Oh, and, Quaid up uh, the anus yeah, is what he did there. Yeah. Yeah, so. I, that, yeah, I didn't need all that. I, like, when I watch my Alien movies, I like the suspense. I like the horror of it rather than the lasers blasting all the time. If I want that, I'll go watch Independence Day again. There you, know? you go. And that was a good one. I enjoyed that. Just like I, I enjoyed Creator, sci-fi blasting all over the place. Yes. Loved it. The action scenes were throughout the film. It was a fast-paced film. But, okay, so no one will save you. Two thumbs up. Thanks for that one. Uh, the Meg, uh, no. Uh, but here's something we discussed last time, um, and it was interesting. I, I don't know how it came up except the fact that Sean wasn't here. And, folks, when you listen to the episode after this, it's really funny how quickly Sean is there and gone. <laughs> so listen to the next episode for Sean saying hello. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, speaking of Sean, he turned me on to Shin Godzilla, which he loved, and I liked Um I had problems with it, and I think you had problems with Shin Godzilla. Oh, yeah. Okay. I wish Sean was here to defend himself, but it's funnier when he's not. <laughs> you you had a really good point on Shin last, you know, last time I talked to you. You get a feeling of deja vu. I do. I, I, it's I feel like, like deja vu all over again, to, uh, to quote Yogi Berra. Yeah. Uh, For those that, well, you wouldn't know, this is our second take. Uh, we, we got together, and we'll just say technology had its way with us, and uh, now we're back. To, yeah, we blew up his computer is what he's doing. Yeah, I guess so, something to that extent. Uh, honestly, this room is haunted, and I've brought a lot of ghost toasties in here, meaning ghost chasers. You know, it's one thing when the organizations you belong to censor you. It's another thing when the government comes in and censors you. But when your own damn laptop... <laughs> 
comes out and censors you, then my God, we've gone a bridge too far. This is this is a studio thing, man. <laughs> Haunted studio. And that goes back some. Uh it was picked out before by a guest who was Skyping in once, heard something that I didn't hear. Oh. And that goes back to Coburg, uh, way back then, a beautiful lady who uh, made great techno music back in the day. Uh, yeah, you could really venture back some about 200 episodes for that one, but you could actually hear some weird stuff that happened. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we're doing this again, um, but this time Shin Godzilla, we, were, we did discuss this uh, without recording it, um, or we attempted to. <laughs> it's in the ether sphere it's, somewhere. Somebody might have heard it. You know, it's very possible somebody's got it. Um, but yeah, what, Reception what, on Mars. Like, <laughs> It'd be the first one. That's the first thing. Avoid hear, Black right? Demon and Shin Godzilla. What, what is wrong with that planet? <laughs> oh my uh, God! The yeah. Shin Godzilla was a movie that uh, did very well over in Japan. The Japanese loved it, and uh, it was because of the political themes that were running through it. Uh, basically, the 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 story behind it is that uh, Japan would want to take control of its own destiny and work for its own people, but because of all these treaties they signed and agreements they've entered ever since the end of World War II, they are hand, uh, their hands are tied and they're unable to uh, do the best for their people as these versions of Godzilla go romping through the city. And the first two versions look like uh, Jim Henson uh, just got high on something and went nuts. Or the Thanksgiving, uh, Macy's Day, Thanksgiving Day Parade. Is, yeah, uh, they're horrible. They're, they're floats. They're absolutely yeah. horrible. And They'd be uh, good floats, though. Uh, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't even go that far. Crumbs, that one had, like, googly eyes attached to it. And as that, it was moving, the, it was googling. That freaked Sean out. <laughs> He's freaked out by that. Sean is a lonely man. <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh. I didn't say that, dude. But, hey, you're not here to defend yourself. You need to show up, man. This is true. Yeah. So, anyway, this new Godzilla that's coming out, they're billing it as a prequel to the Shin Godzilla. And I is think that right? They're billing Godzilla it that way. Minus, minus one? Yeah, the minus one thing. Oh, I, really? I don't oh. think that's going to fly because the Godzilla in minus one looks a hell of a lot better. Cooler. Yeah. Than the Shin Godzilla yeah. does. And I don't think we go through any stages in this one. There's no, like, larva and worm and, you know. <laughs> they took Godzilla and turned him into Mothra, you know, ah, so yeah. making him a worm first. So no, no, none of that stuff. So uh, this should be interesting. It opens up in Japan uh, November 1st, and then we get it here in the States December uh, 1st. And that's Godzilla minus one. Correct. And that's where we get confused. And also, well, um, I know you watched it. Uh, Godzilla, Godzilla Singular Point on Netflix versus Gamera on Netflix, the two series. Uh, Gamera ran, I think, was it eight episodes and Godzilla oh, ran? I've got another one to throw in on you. Oh, it was a third? In Skull the Island. Now it's a rumble. I, I was going to watch Skull Island, but I, I looked too, like, I'm, it didn't look anime. It looked more like American Hanna-Barbera yes, cartoon. Yes, yes, and that's what's wrong with it. Oh, they blew it again. Yes. Americans can't make cartoons. Yes, it's the, the, uh, the drawing is just. Apparently they can't make AIs either. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. And, and I got a. Oh, is I, it bad? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I got two episodes into it, and I, let's put it this way. If I don't watch episode three, I'm 
I'm not going to lose any sleep. Right. And, and Kong hasn't even showed up yet. That's sort of like the Godzilla yeah. 1, 2, and 3 they did a while back in a cartoon. Well, no, that one, that was uh, the planet Earth or the planet was, Godzilla or something. Yeah. That wasn't bad. I Okay, you I like that. Sean that. liked that, too. Um, I didn't watch the third episode for that reason. Well, you should, because that's where he meets Ghidra. Okay. So that 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 one was probably the better one. So but Skull Island. This other down. one, this mm. uh, standpoint or singular, singular point. point. Oh my God, that's horrible. It, I don't know what they were going with. They, were, they everything was familiar, including the robot Jet, Jet Jaguar. What's Jet his name? Jaguar? Jaguar. Yeah. yeah, but nobody likes Jet Jaguar. Yeah, he didn't become popular even when we were kids. No, no. no. I mean, they tried very much to do that. They promoted. They they put out little toys and everything, and nobody likes them. Yeah, he doesn't fit with Godzilla. No, I mean, it's a, likes but him. yeah, it's strange that a country like Japan, big on their anime and giant robots. Robots can't mesh kaiju and robots. I've had, they've had a lot of problems with that. Yeah. Um, oh, which brings me up to this, and it's not the same thing because I think we confuse it. When you, we were talking once, did about, you watch that? Not yet. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm holding a Blu-ray uh, called Gangnam Zombie, Gangnam as in Gangnam Style. Yes. I, I think you may have confused it because I was saying I love Gundam. Gundam is a uh, the the uh, mobile suit Gundam anime, violent, ultra violent war series, cartoons, anime. This is Gangnam Zombie, or live-action film, Outrun the Outbreak. Um, is this Japan or Korean? Which one? It's Japan. This is Japan. And I think, were you making fun of Gangnam Zombie? It's not good? Uh, you, you said I'd suffer through this. Uh, I said you would probably have a better chance of enjoying it than oh. I did. Okay. Well, I don't dance Gangnam style, so I'm not sure if that's... But well, I'll check it out. Well, you know, uh, oh, considering the, the tank is in here, right? yes, it is on the inlay. Considering that the it, it's a dancing style, you would probably Ooh. appreciate the fact that there is a dancing oh, zombie. No. Oh no, 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 no! In this movie, who has several key scenes. So, oh, I'm going to test your knowledge on something. Uh, Do you, you remember go. the one kaiju monster that has a dance scene in his own film? It was recently, again, brought up in Scary Monsters magazine, and I was glad to see other people suffer through this. Okay. Do you remember Young Gurry? Oh, yeah. Monster of the Deep. Yeah, I remember that movie. Cool-looking monster. He was not Godzilla. He was not Gamera. Not yeah. even friends or enemies with them. It was a lone-standing film. Yeah. That he was brought up, I guess, uh, from the deep, uh, oil refining again. And If I'm not mistaken, that's Korean. You might be right. That's, that's why yeah. he didn't tie into any tie, of the right. Japanese monsters. Yeah, It yeah. wasn't a bad monster romp, but again, a kid is standing by a radio station, and somehow we hear the music from the radio station while Youngery is walking to smash it. Okay. And the kid's dancing. The monster dances with him. Doesn't crush the kid. Does a little jig, and he's dancing to the really bad... Mm, disco <laughs> 70s funk that's on their radio and the kid's like yeah young guy dancing with me it was terrible because this monster is dancing and then he stops and destroys the city and it's like why 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 would a monster from the deep know how to dance <laughs> i ask you all right so we'll get past so, that. so wait a minute you're, you're upset about that I'm but yet you looked at this comic and thought it was great because yeah. it's it's spoofing things like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been bothered since I was eight because I, I made my dad watch it during Monster Week in New York. We get Monster Week, the 4.30 action movie, and uh, Younger, he was on. One time my dad watches with me, and he loved it because the monster danced, and the movie made fun of itself, and yeah. I was out. He, he didn't watch another horror movie with me forever after that, uh, except for War of the Gar Gar Gargantuas, which is still kind of a weird one. Yes. Uh, anyway, so we're off track here. 
Um, so I think Gamera wins the uh, the mix-up here with Godzilla, Singular Point, and Skull Island. Yes. Gamera, that series was good. Yeah, the monsters they did very well. And the sounds they made. Yes, very, very good. Uh, the human part of it was nonsense. Yeah, the, the, once again, uh, humans were not interesting at no, all. No. Uh, one guy held it together a little bit, and his girlfriend, sort of work partner counterpart, uh, they, again, we get into the point, caveman theory. The bad guys are the humans again. Yeah. And the monsters aren't scary enough. But these were. Gaius, they were pretty good. Yeah. Gaius was gay, uh, great. Uh, Jiger was great. And they made up one that I didn't know, the sea monster. I was yeah, it looked like one. a manta ray or something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he was cool. But the monsters were great. The blood was great. There was a lot of violence. They kill off a main character. And then you disappointed me in that one because I apparently didn't watch past the credits. <laughs> but yeah, watch three past key the scenes past the credits. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I sh- I forgot about anime. They do stuff after the credits, and yeah. sometimes they do a, like a three minute bit. Uh, there were three different scenes. I'm telling you, yes. <laughs> and that was Gamera. Watch it on Netflix if you're if you're a fan of kaiju monsters. Watch the Gamera series. It was good. It and was you know, good. while we're talking about kaiju and all things Godzilla, yeah, uh, I received some. Uh, well, possibly disturbing news like uh, too, from my it's... folks at Warner Brothers oh, okay. in uh-huh. that uh, the new Godzilla, which is Godzilla X Kong, the new empire. Oh, yes. Which is not a good title at all. But anyway, Oof. that movie has been delayed. Yeah, that's never good. It never is. They were supposed to open up in March of 24, and now it's bumped back to April. Uh they told me there is a possibility it may bump again. Wow. So they're going yeah. Is that just an excuse to play it in the summertime though? Uh, you know, normally I would say yes it is, but anymore they've been pushing like the summer blockbuster releases. Yeah. They've been pushing them up into spring to try to get a head start on everything else. Mm. But if everything else coming out looks lame, mm. That's bad. All, you know? all around bad for everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you told me that it didn't screen well. I No, I said that is a possibility. Oh, we were not sure. Yeah, okay. I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know if they ran into problems in post-production, which it's heavy in. I don't know if it uh, they did a test screening and it didn't screen well, or I don't know if they're just jockeying for a better release date. It's usually one of those three uh, things that causes a movie to be uh, mm. to be delayed, but I, I do know the whole premise of this thing uh, is inane. Uh, you know, the, the whole King Kong versus Godzilla thing went through a whole story, which I've uh, detailed ad nauseum uh, on the show, and it got the studios involved in Universal against uh, Warner Brothers using legendary uh, pictures as the uh, ball between them that they bounced back and forth. Mm. Uh, a lot of those issues are still not resolved. Uh, Kong versus Godzilla was still something that made a lot of money, and people wanted to uh, do it again. You know, never mind that the movie was really kind of weak, mm. uh, other than special effects and. Uh, so now we have a new Kong who can actually be a bad guy, oh. which keeps the Godzilla and Kong together as one team. Oh. And then this bad Kong is going to bring out another 
uh, kaiju, which is going to be a bad version of Godzilla. So, so what what we're getting basically is a WWE yeah, tag team tag match. Team. I was going to say tag. Team. And you know that's been done before. That's how Jet Jaguar came into the Ooh. into the cannon. So I, I think this thing is nice um, segue and yeah, that bomb too. Yeah. Oh boy. So we'll wait and see. I mean, you know. It's Godzilla. Well, it's <laughs> yeah. So I I love my giant monsters. Let's hopefully they can bring it back to some of the characters being interesting again. That that did sell some of the movies. And you know, one thing I got to say while we're talking about Joe Bonamassa, is that the blues uh, are such a unique uh, music style mm. that Joe does something uh, that I commend him for, okay. and that is that he finds other blues artists and really promotes them. Uh, through his recording label, and you know he'll make appearances with them. I mean, he did this with Beth Hart. Nobody in the world had heard of Beth Hart mm-hmm. except her her folks and family uh, until she teamed up with uh, with Joe, and and now she's uh, recognized as a yep. you know a bona fide blues singer. So uh, he does that with a lot, and and I understand that uh, he's working with a new one. Yeah, quite a few actually. Um, it- as a matter of fact, yeah, Journeyman Records. That's uh, that's the one that, uh, oh my goodness, he has been promoting and he plays on the albums with them. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're going to play something from his um, his label right now. Uh, it's a band called When Rivers Meet, and the song is called Infected. And I had them on. I interviewed them. They're lovely people. It's a couple. And uh, they, it's a great episode. Go back and uh, look up When Rivers Meet. This is a heavy song for them. I'm surprised. And, uh, yeah, they, blues over in the U.K. are just uh, blowing up right now. And so we're, we're going to hear Infected right now, and then we're going to come back and wrap things up with Fury. And thank you for listening to us.
afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that dwell here in the dark. Things best left unseen. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Thanks again for listening, folks. I'm Hero Fury, and you just heard Infected by When Rivers Meet. Check out the video and check out Peter Noble Productions. That is where you'll get a lot of interesting rock, heavy rock and blues lately where I've been getting it. Now, um, I wanted to ask Fury 2 about this one because he, he turned me on to two other films. One was Dr. Seville's Horror Show, which is on Tubi right now. Uh, the director, Kevin R. Phipps. It's a wraparound anthology, which you tend to like those. This was a good one. Yeah, I enjoyed this one a lot. It uh, A lot of times the story that wraps around is a story that uh, you could tell was just added in to try to act as some type of uh, glue to hold the stories together. Uh, but this one, act- the wraparound, is actually crucial to all of the stories that are contained within. It's like uh, my favorite horror anthology still to this day is uh, Dr. Terror's House of Horrors from Hammer Films. Wow. With, uh, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, Donald Sutherland. Yeah, that's a great one. It is. It's fantastic. So, uh, this one is is very much in that in that vein. Yeah, Doctor Seville is played by Alan Valor, and for me, he steals the show. Um, I guess he's supposed to. Uh, the lead actor is really good too. I oh, I forgot his name. Uh, Michael. Oh, Michael Hanlon plays Michael. Uh, but Alan Valor as this guy, you know. Wow, we we talked about bipolar before. If you want to talk about a bipolar anti anti hero, this guy, holy smokes! I mean, he's trying to tell a morality tale here, and he makes this guy watch these films, and uh, I guess to test where his morality is uh, for his own mistakes. I'm not sure because I, I don't think you really can win with uh, Doctor Zaville. You're going to lose no matter what. Yeah. I don't know. Was there any way to? get out of that chamber or not watch for yourself but yeah he's he's got his props all around him he's got a mask he dresses real slick and ties up his victims makes them watch these movies and then you take it from there and these they're good i mean we had a zombie one what was the one with the the russian lover um the female uh counterpart that turns on the guy do you remember that? You like that one, huh? That was good. She was wickedly believable. <laughs> Anybody that's dated a, a bad girlfriend, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's definitely a, a good a good movie. Doctor Seville's 
horror show. Do you have anything you want to add to that? Like it's and it's, the wraparound story is essential, and the, all the stories converge really nicely. They do. No, yeah. I think you covered everything. It's a pretty good film, and it's an independent. So, <clears throat> like that. I like that. Good stuff. And then there's the attempt at a good one called In Its Wake, Baboon Terror. Um, <laughs> yeah, just based loosely around a video game character called the Duke of Crows. And when I f- saw the Duke of Crows, I was uh, disappointed. <laughs> well, I think <clears throat> that's where a lot of people were disappointed because uh, the Duke of Crows is a character who is actually a crow and uh, head of the Society of Crows. And this is in a card game that derived from the video game Skyrim. And it has a lot of people that play it and a lot of people that like this character. So when the movie came out advertising the Duke of Crows, all those gamers thought, hey, this could be cool. But the producers didn't do that. The producers went over to Germany and found a myth of uh, a demon called the Duke of Crows, which has nothing to do with the card game and nothing to do with Skyrim. And they pulled that out instead, and one of the minions that serves the Duke of Crows in this German mythology is something called a board, B-O-R-D-E. And that is the thing we get to see in this movie. So if you're a gamer... And you're a big fan of the Duke of Crows. It's not that Duke of Crows. <laughs> it's a Duke of Blue. It's a German thing, you know? <laughs> so they couldn't just give him a cape or something. It's just, it's just a little baboon. He's a little baboon that moves quickly. Uh, very reminiscent of uh, the elf in the movie Elves. Uh, horrible movie with uh, with Mr. Haggerty, uh, Grizzly Adams in it way back in the 80s. And don't forget the one with Will Ferrell was just as horrible. Oh, oh. <laughs> you can be able, you're meant to laugh at that one. Uh, yeah, this... Ooh, I, I hate putting a movie down, but yeah. Uh, the latex baboon just didn't do it for me. It just didn't. And you had to use a phone, too, I think. Well, I, if I you know those... If, if you've seen those uh, videos on YouTube where... Uh, they're actually quite funny, where Germany is trying to uh, be admitted into the Romance language group. Uh, if you haven't seen those, that's uh, funny. they yeah, are that's funny. Stuff. They're very funny. And that's pretty much what this movie reminded me of. <laughs> oh, wow. So. Oh, boy. Okay, we're not going to waste any more on that. Uh, in its wake, that's up to you, folks. Um, no. All right, so... Uh, we have something else to look forward to. Uh, Monarch on Apple TV is coming, the Godzilla series. Did you see the previews for that? You know, there's a story here. There's always a story. I know. That's <laughs> so, why I brought you in here. So, we like stories. So they put this thing out. <laughs> story and, time and, with Fury. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's your next show. The the, uh, the behind the scenes of being a bona fide film critic. Uh so I contact Apple because I tried to get into my Apple Press account and it wouldn't let me in. So I called Apple and I said, you know, uh, basically Apple Plus uh, really doesn't offer too much of anything that I want to watch. <laughs> uh, Amazing how that's true. <laughs> they do have Prehistoric Planet on, so I mean that's not bad to watch every now and then. But David you, Attenborough keeps putting me to sleep. So Prehistoric Planet, yeah, that was a favorite of mine yeah, too. So I don't but... get past it much. Uh, and, and most of it's fiction. It, 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 some of the stories they tell on that are, are they're absurd. But anyway, let's let's. They're still in the mindset that you know, 
birds came from dinosaurs. No, they didn't. Oh, dinosaurs had feathers. No, they didn't. But let, let's get back. Let's get back to the thing. So the, this monarch is coming out, and Kurt Russell's in it. I like Kurt Russell. So I, hey, we're gonna make the first three episodes available to the press before opening day. So I figured, well, I gotta see this now. So I called the people at Apple. I go through all kinds of uh, trials and tribulations, and I finally get my account to work to where it's supposed to work, and I can get on there and I can start seeing things. So the other day, uh, I said, well, the first three were supposed to be available. I think I'll go on there. So I click on it, and the little wheel is spinning, and oh, I'm waiting man. for it to load up and everything. Then it says, well, this isn't available yet. Come back later. So I went, ah, son of a That's so typical. Yeah. So uh, they said they were going to make the first three episodes available to the press, but they are not available just yet. So we'll have to wait on that. I'll have to... Uh, Walk across the street, knock on your door, and tell you when they're uh, okay. when they're available. Absolutely, yeah, I'd be very interested. Very interested. I'm actually I was very excited about a Godzilla series, um, but yeah, you know. Well, you know what I liked about it? I saw the other monsters. Mm-hmm. There were other monsters, yes. a lot of them. Yes, uh, you can't just have the big lizard without his foes, and vice versa. You know, maybe he's the bad guy, and you know, a spider guy comes to save the day. Doubtful. <laughs> what is the spider's <laughs> name? I always forget his name. The giant spider. Spiga. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. He was a favorite when I was a kid just because he really, he showed up in a few of them and uh, he made that cool sound. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah, I love that. Um, so, all right. So we got that to look forward to. We were talking Shin Godzilla, but Creator was the screening last week and boy, was it fun. Yeah. Took Dave down there. We almost got tossed out of the theater because he decided to pick on the security guards. Oh. It was just, you know. Then, you know, before we went down, we stopped. We had a little dinner and a few libations, and we almost got thrown out of there, uh, you know, simply because. <laughs> Sorry, coffee. I got, some, got some coffee grinds in that one. <laughs> so it's kind of rough going out with Dave on the <laughs> on these things. But we had a good time. Well, you know, I, I know enough people that we were able to smooth everyone's fur and get in and see it, and everything turned out great. So. wouldn't be the first to say that. And if you learn anything from this show, you should know that it's, advantageous to live across the street from a bona fide film critic because you get all this background information and you get a lot of free movies. You have to admit it's kind of funny that you can walk across the street and get onto a major (laughs) podcast and talk about it immediately, too. This is true. You can go right onto Spotify, which hopefully that's where people are finding us these days. Uh, Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and uh, I look forward to doing it again. But that screening was a lot of fun. I do recommend folks see it on the big screen. This is a big screen movie, don't you think? And I, and I'm kidding. Dave was on his best behavior. Oh my we God. had a great time. I don't want to ruin his. That's a spoiler. <laughs> I don't want to ruin his reputation. It was. Uh, I, you can't. We did have a good time. You, you can't ruin. Yeah, I think that's I, I think it'll be real interesting. I'm looking uh, forward to seeing how this game is played. Uh, well, I told you about the numbers in the beginning of the show, mm. and I'm just waiting to see if uh, if. Uh, well, how much this thing will pull in and if it will be worthwhile and if, if it will have the staying power. I mean, Edwards has a pretty good track record, so mm-hmm, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And it'll also be interesting to see if the uh, viewing audience is tolerant of these very anti-American, anti-white uh, people, uh, cultural messages in the movie. I I have a feeling, given the political climate, it's not going to go over well. But we'll wait and see. Yeah, if they get a, certain factions, I'm sure are already boycotting it. I'm you know online. I'm sure that's already happened. But 
I don't know. It, what's what, a little controversy will push a movie too. That's you know, true. big That's time. True. Um, it'll be a huge streaming movie when it come when that hits. But right now, I'd like yeah. to I'd like to see people go back to the theater and see a big movie like this. Yeah, uh, probably should have been a summer blockbuster because the ones that were out, geez, Barbie and the Meg. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Um, I'm not going to say the Barbie was terrible. It, for what it was, it did what it did. <laughs> um, you know, whatever. But the, well, Meg, the, the yeah. movie I really enjoyed was uh, Haunting in Venice. Yeah, you, you did mention you yeah, saw that. Yeah, that was uh, Hercule Poirot. That was Kenneth Branagh's third outing Kenneth Branagh. Uh, in that in that role. And I, I, I think it was uh, probably one of the better. I, I think each of those movies has gotten a little bit better as he's uh, done that character. And this one was was a lot of fun. And we got to see that in IMAX, just like we got to see the creator yeah. in IMAX. And that certainly adds to the Oh, man, did it. Yeah, the, the I mean, ground was shaking. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And not to mention, now, a few things. Hans Zimmer is on the soundtrack. Uh, um, yeah, for the movie, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you picked out some heavy hitters there. And there's four spe- special effects crews. Yeah, you have uh, Greg Frazier is the uh, director of cinematography on that. He's, uh, he's pretty well known, and he's... Uh, uh, his work is uh, stellar, and you could see it in this movie. And uh, there were four different uh, SFX uh, companies. Two of them are real big mm. heavy hitters. One is uh, Outpost FX. They're huge. And uh, the other one was uh, Monsters, Aliens, Zombies, and I'm missing one. There's robots, four. Monsters, was it Robots? Uh, robot, yeah, I think robots. So, yeah. uh, they're very big, too. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if a big chunk of that $87 million budget went into their pockets because they're just they're they're big names and you team them up with you know lucas uh, uh lucas sound and, ilm all yeah, over the there place you, there you go god bless the lucas yeah definitely I, looks good uh yeah it, it, yeah it looks good it, it felt good you know, i mean you could feel the vibrations from every gunshot i don't even know what kind of artillery they were using but there were lasers of some type however the mecca was really cool and all of which we pointed out said u.s army on it yeah um, to make sure you knew who the bad guys were in white and blue only. Yeah. Uh, but the mecha was cool. I love the, the big, uh, I don't know what you want to call them, kind of like Earth Movers from Terminator where they're just crushing the skulls of the dead. This are going through, they're plowing through forests and mountains and can pretty much go anywhere. I don't know if they flew. God knows how those things got there. But they were just cru- land, land roving, crushing things. And they had these drones, drone droids that could run and bomb a place. And that was kind of freakish to you watch like an art yeah. like an R two <laughs> unit run and yeah. blow something up, and then the then that failed too, which was kind of a unique scene. Yeah. I don't want to give anything away there. Uh, the fight scenes were great. Um, there's a lot of emotion there because you have the the play of family and the danger of losing somebody within your family that plays on the emotions. Some guy said he was crying outside the theater. I mean, you just kind of chuckled a little bit. Yeah, I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I, I um, doubt he was, but even if he was, you don't say that in a theater lobby. You just, you know, shut the hell up. He started going on about Star Wars too, which I, you know, I will too. I, you see a lot of Rogue One in the filmmaking there. there was yes, very much dynamics you can't miss. Um, yeah, uh, uh, definitely. And, and uh, oh, yeah, and the, the the vehicles as far as flight is concerned, the jet fighters and things like that were really cool looking. Um, unique looking. I've not seen, and like I said, I think one of the hardest things to do is come up with your own mecha for a sci-fi movie, make it look not Star Trek and not Star Wars, you know, or Battlestar Galactica for that matter. 
Buck Rogers. I can keep going. <laughs> but yeah, um, do you give the creator two thumbs up? Or are you going one thumb up and one to the side here? Or uh, where do you go with that? Well, if I were going to uh, give it a grade, mm. since I am your cinematic professor, yes, I would probably give it a C plus. Oh, okay. That's I see what you're saying. Um, now, and I, I just think I just think the messages in this movie are wrong. Okay, and I, I got more coffee grinds on that one. There, I, <laughs> I got to do something. That's our new coffee maker. I'm a little upset and choking at the same time. Uh, yeah. Um, now for the sci-fi enthusiast, B plus or B, B minus for lovers, people of the... that go for that genre only, and I know quite a few. No, they'll 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 love it. They'll love it. You yeah, think, I think they'll. And, and yeah. it'll also play very very well with people who, uh, you know, think that America is the great Satan. Ah, oh, so that's everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, uh, this was fun again. Um, I do want to tell folks I'm going to be at Living Dead Weekend, October 21st, that weekend. It's a Saturday and Sunday. That's in Evans City. I'll be with my CelebrationOfSpirits.com crew, Bob Hoagland and daughter Jess Weary, who is now a mother. Congratulations again. Um, and CelebrationOfSpirits.com is for the artist in you. If you have stuff you want to, well, maybe sell or have us look at it to put up there. We'll do it. Um, there's a lot of art. There's books. There's comic books. Dr. Peeler is up there. Issue number one, issue number two very soon. That's Dr. Peeler, demon psychiatrist. Bob Hoagland being the artist and Jess Weary and I being uh, writers as well as muses within. Um, that's an interesting story about the antihero, Dr. Peeler, who comes to town and opens up shop um, among the humans they know what he is, but he can get inside their mind. He is sucking them dry of uh, negativity, using that for life, for himself, and um, helping them at the same time. But what is his ultimate plan? Well, we're going to get into that little by little. The next issue is called Kaiju. So, interestingly enough, and we do have a Kaiju demon, which is going to be... It's going to be a very interesting monster romp issue. I'm looking forward to that. But Living Dead Weekend, folks, October 21st, that weekend... Um, I'm at Fairly Dark on Twitter. I'm trying to get active on that again. You can get all the episodes here at society-13.com as well as fairlydarkproductions.com. Check out the books there. And uh, Instagram, Kettle Whistle Radio. And uh, where do we want them to find you? Oh, man, I'm everywhere. Uh, we have ourselves a Facebook page. Uh, you will have to... Uh, Asked to be in. We made it private uh, some time ago. Uh, you could actually see my capsule critiques and full episodes of the award-winning show on YouTube, on Rumble, on MeWe, on Gab. Uh, I think I'm missing one. Oh, and on LinkedIn. And, uh, of course, uh, BPTV, which is the local uh, studio here, has its own uh, website as well, and you can watch it uh, there, too. Okay, very cool. And, uh, well, I appreciate you being here. Um, yeah, this was fun. Yeah, I hope glad. you keep us one because it came out pretty good. <laughs> we had some edit editing issues before <laughs> before the edits could be looked at. <laughs> I don't know if that's even premature editing. I, I, and the AI was in charge. <laughs> Big time. Oh, boy, can you imagine if that happens? The AI takes over podcasts. Oh, you know somebody's already got an AI podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yuck. 
Boo that. I don't need to see that at all. Maybe for an episode for fun to make fun of. Uh, but what if they do it better than you? <laughs> anyway, that's the story, and that's what the writers are dealing with right now. So we'll see how that goes. Things seem to have subsided. Uh, we're going to go out with, I don't know how you feel about death metal, but there's a local band that wants me to play them, and I happen to like these guys, uh, Vermilion. Um, they're a lot of fun, and uh, not necessarily death metal, but very metal. You could check them. Check out Vermilion. Uh, they're on Bandcamp. Uh, if you like, we played them before. I want to say hi to my friend Kurt out there and my friend Kayla, who turned me on to them. And uh, we'll go out with some heavy metal, about as heavy as it can get. Uh, and hope you enjoy it, kids. And uh, we'll have Fury back again and maybe another screening. Uh, who knows? We'll figure something out. What's your future right now? What do you got planned? You got any movies on the horizon that you're going to go see or nothing you can talk about yet? Mm, nothing I can really talk about yet. All right. Very good. <laughs> That's not very good. <laughs> All right. Good night. And thanks for listening and uh, keep sharing this. We appreciate it.
Pop culture. Subculture. Music. Horror. Sex. Politics. Art. And overall bad This is Society 13. Redefining Podcasting. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid.